Welcome to the See Me Be Me podcast. I'm Nile Henry. And I'm Blair Henry. And we're two brothers who set out on a mission to make motorsport and STEM careers more diverse, affordable, and inclusive. We are the founders of The Blair Project. This podcast series delves into the minds of inspirational individuals who come from ordinary and often humble backgrounds, but through their belief, dogged determination and never give up attitude, I managed to overcome academic, social or mental challenges to achieve their dream careers. Our guests will share their life lessons that you too can apply to your own. We hope their stories will inspire you to go further, aim higher and accept nothing less than you deserve. Your ambition, your purpose is all within and we're here to help you unlock it. The planet of possibilities are endless. Hello and welcome to the See Me Be Me podcast. Today we are joined by Carol Glenn. Hi Carol. Hi, good afternoon. Good morning. And thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on. So Carol, please can you tell our audience who you are, your background, and how did you get started on the journey that you are on today? Wow, okay. Uh, my name's Carol Glenn. I am a licensed official with Motorsport UK and also the founder for Next Racing Generation. Um, I got involved in motorsport as a volunteer over 30 years ago now. Um, oh. So yes, I'm only 35 now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. But um, yes, it's a journey that I didn't even really as I was on until now. Um, but I was a marshal um, where I was dressed in orange overalls. And if anybody's watched motorsport, you see the marshals pushing cars, sweeper track, rescuing drivers. Um, I was actually the first black female official as well. And I've been the for quite a while until another colleague joined me about 20 years ago. And that's quite sad because um, I feel as if the face of motorsport, you know, for, has changed very, very, very slowly. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Carol. Uh, just going um, in terms of like uh, your childhood growing up, in terms of you wanting to pursue a career uh, within like, motorsport, who were some of your role models growing up? Well, obviously, um, there wasn't very many female role models, but I remember watching the REC rally, as it was called then. And obviously the main woman in those days was Louise Aiken Walkerman. Um, Walker, sorry, who used to do a lot of rallying. Um, and I obviously I used to watch things like James Hunt, um, uh, Nigel Mansell, you know, all those people from the, from the 80s, um, David yeah. Hill, all, all racing. Um, and I didn't know was actual, it wasn't really at the top of my mind I wanted to become involved in motorsport per se, but I remember liking cars and liking speed. And I remember, especially back to the RAC rallies, when I was watching the um, Ag Quattro's f literally flying through the forests and missing trees was yeah. awesome. And I remember saying, I always wanted to have an Audi Quattro. I mean, I still love those cars to today, but I still haven't managed to own one yet, but I will do one day. Um, but I didn't have any real she heroes um, as such, but I just knew there was this world that just looked magical and different, you know. Um, I didn't know that I wanted to be part of it, and I just fell yeah. into becoming a marshal, I think, by accident. And then what were some of the challenges that you encountered back in uh, 1988 when you first got started? <clears throat> um, I think the main challenge was is the fact that female marshals were still a relatively new thing. So even when you were on post, sometimes there wasn't, you didn't have separate toilets. Um, yeah. You were seen as, you know, mainly women that went along to race meetings. You were either, if you were an F1, you were a grid girl. Or if you went with a national racing, you were somebody that helped wash your husband's car or made the tea. You know, that was the sort of things that you were, that you were confined to doing. You know, the thought of somebody being either a clerk, a judge, or any other role was was quite was quite um, you know unusual, and they, it was definitely a, a, a man's world. You know, it was a man's sport. You know, the men went and did it, and the women stayed at home. Or as I say, they came along and made bought, 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 bought lunch and made the tea and things like that. So it was quite early days, 
And um, so, of course, for me to then come along in 1988 and then become the first black female, that was, I didn't realize it then, but it's only now that I realize it was, it was a big thing. It was quite a big thing. Yeah. So tell us about, you, you said you happened to just stumble into uh, getting involved in marshalling. How, how did how did how did you how did you get involved like did someone invite you into the industry or? yes it was it was my ex-partner at the time well he wasn't my ex at the time he's not now he's now become my ex but um he i remember him going off to say he was going off and this i said well where are you off to and he said oh i'm off to brand's hatch went, oh okay so i came along with him as a guest and i remember sitting at, at post fire in the corner of druids if anybody's ever been to brand's hatch you know as you come out the start from the side come down the hill and up that was our post, that was post five. And in those days, there used to be a little, a little small stand. And I remember sitting in a stand and watching these cars hurtle up towards us and then do that very tight turn to go back down the hill again. And, oh, I fell in love at first sight. It was absolutely awesome to be, to be there, to hear the cars, see the cars, be that close to the cars. And within weeks, maybe a couple of months, I had my first set of overalls and my first membership for my first club. That was it. And and how did it feel at the and how did it feel at the time once you decided this was the avenue I wanted to go and I wanted to get involved with being a marshal? And you know, you you just said you were the first black female, and I imagine you're probably of a handful. You know, maybe you count one hand amount of females who were involved in marshalling at that point. You know, how did it feel to be you know a woman in a male dominated environment? Well, you're very much you realise that. I mean, I think mainly, firstly, from being a woman, and secondly, being a woman of colour. I mean, because yeah. you got all the banter, you know, there was all the what male call bantering, male bantering going on. Um, you'd have people asking you silly questions. You'd have questions about your hair. You'd have, I'd have questions about my boobs, you know, what bra I was wearing, you know, all those really awful things when I look back now. Um, but the thing is, because I got it at work as well, it sort of like you were just, it was just the same world. You was having to just smile, put this fixed smile on your face, or sometimes go along yeah. with everybody. But I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know, I didn't have the tools on how to tell people that this was wrong, that, that I didn't like what was, what was being said to me. I remember my daughter being a marshal with me for a while, and we used to ride um, the um, golf buggies to go and pick up the drivers from, because we used to do a lot of the touring cars back in those days. And we used to collect the drivers and bring them down to the pits. And we got called Whoopi One and Whoopi Two. Wow. You know, and you look back now, you just think, that was just awful. You know, why are you calling us, you know, uh, we've got our names. Why are you not calling us by our names? You're calling us Whoopi One and Whoopi Two. You know, and, and, and that's the sort of, you know, the things you, you get. I'd get called things like um, Black Pearl or, um, you know, or, 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 or the guys taking Mickey and saying, oh, careful, here she comes. She might pinch your stereo. She might pinch your tyres as if I was a ghetto girl from I'm not sure where. You know, but what could you do? But, you know, go along. But it wasn't always comfortable because you didn't feel comfortable. But that's not who, who I am. Or, or putting on either an African or a Jamaican accent. I don't talk with a Jamaican accent. I can't do a Jamaican accent. I'm born here. I'm British born. Mm. Yeah, I've got people who are doing an accent, 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 you know, that, that could pass for somebody. And then they're trying to make up the accent that that's how I talk. And I don't talk like that. And have you seen much of a change in the motorsport industry in recently yourself, Carol? Um, it's, in terms yes of attitudes to diversity? Yes, yes and no. So you get slightly less banter now because people are now watching what they say yeah. because you can't now say certain things. But you get microaggressions, which is more subtle. Yeah. Um, so um, the, the other change I've seen, obviously, there are more females involved in motorsport now. So we're not seen as being the weaker sex, the ones that, you know, People think are going to are going to start crying at the at the, at the drop of a hat. We yeah. can cope. We can cope with lots of hard decisions. We can make. Uh, there's a lot of females out that are good clerks, and we can cope with all sorts of situations that are thrown at us. We can handle when there's accidents. We can handle when you know we've got to tell somebody off in a in a judicial. 
um, you've got females being um, judges um, mm. working on start line. Um, you know, throughout F1, you can see there are a few more females now being visible. Still not enough, but there's, you know, you're, you're not looking at spot the, spot the female anymore really yeah, now. Yeah. Um, they've stopped making a lot of sport now having grid girls. So girls aren't just seeing, oh, all they want to do is put lipstick on and wear makeup. That yeah. sort of um, has gone away. But you've got, for a person of colour, especially, mm -hmm. you've got the microaggressions where you have to work harder to prove yourself. Yeah. You get, you get um, sometimes passed over for a less experienced person because they don't want to see things with putting you in charge of something. And um, they rather have somebody who's got little or no experience. And then when it all goes wrong, then they then come and say, oh, could you look after this? Or could you do that? Because we know you can do that. And again, you have to just play the waiting game sometimes. Yeah. You know, so it's a whole different battle you've mm -hmm. got. The battle I had 30 years ago is different to the battle I have now. Yeah, you know, we, as I say, we've known each other for quite a number of years and we've both been fighting that same battle you much much longer than us but we we've dealt with some of those same issues yeah. uh yeah. within the motorsport industry but yeah. what i wanted to talk about now is the importance of you know networking especially with other diverse individuals uh within the world of motorsport and that's something that you've set up with next gen racing uh can you talk a bit about next gen racing y yes so um my ambition initially, when I first started, it was I wanted to have my own F1 team. Yes, I really had to have ambition. But the reality is, is that actually there's a lot more important work to do. And that important work is to engage in with young people so they can see that there's people that look like them in the industry. Yeah. So that gives them you know, the, the, the impetus to get involved. Because when they look, they look in and they'll go, well, OK, the only person I can see is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Who else is there? You know, they don't realise that there are other black drivers out there. There's other people that are engineers because we because we're not seen. We're still hidden behind the behind the scenes. So until we go out there and tell our stories constantly, to let them know that yes, you too can do that. You too can break a glass ceiling. But it might not happen in my lifetime, but certainly hopefully in your lifetime. We're not having these conversations here about being the yeah. only or the minority. It should just be there. Should be no conversations. It should just be normal. You know. If I could just relate a great quick story that happened to me last um, December. December? Yeah. I would, yeah. I'm, I'm now a Girls on Track, and um, FIA Girls on Track ambassador. And we had an event at UCL in London, at their engineering department. And I always look out for, and obviously it's mainly girls that come, but I would look out for the girls of colour, because it's already normally about one or two that come on these, on, these, um, on these events. And I spotted a young lady, so I made my way across to her to go and introduce myself. She went, I know who you are. Oh, I said, okay. She said, you're Carol Glenn. I went, yeah. She said, my name's Nyla and I want, I'm going to become an engineer. And she said, I Googled to see what other black females were in motorsport. It said, and your name came up. And she said, and they did a project on me, her and her friend. And then they got first place for that project. I was in tears. So without knowing it, I was making an impact on a young lady's girl's decision to become an engineer when she's only uh, 15, 16. And, and I helped her without my, my knowing. So obviously I now keep in touch with her. So that's what I realized is that it's not what you're, you're seeing doing straight away, it's what's happening yeah. on in the background. Oh, well, some of the young people that you've worked with, have they, um, in a way, have they never been encouraged to go into the um, careers within like motorsport or engineering or? No, no, a, a lot of them, it's, it's been their decision and they often get discouraged by their career teachers or their teachers. It's like, oh no, no, go and become a whatever. You know, oh no, 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 do this. And it's often that child's determination to prove that they want to become, to do what they want to do, especially for the girls. I don't know if it's as bad for the boys really, because the boys sometimes can get away with it. But for the girls, they want to become an engineer. They, especially if they're of colour, they've got to really, really fight for to try and, you know, get the help, try and obviously do a lot more background work. Um, they may not have parents that are involved in motorsports, so that that doesn't help get them the, the leg up where, where, where they need it. Going off, the, going off that story that you just mentioned about that young lady who, you know, uh, discovered who you are and came to you and it's like you're one of the reasons why 
I want to pursue a career in motorsport. And I'm sure there's been countless others. How how does it feel? Or when did you first realise that you were a trailblazer? I suppose about two or three years ago, when I first started talking out, because I never, I never used to talk out. I mean, I, my, none of my family understood what my passion was with, with motorsport. They, all they knew was that they'd go and invite me to a christening or a wedding or a birthday on a Saturday or Sunday, but Carol was not showing up because Carol somewhere in a field or a circuit somewhere in the cold and wet and damp. And she'd rather do that than go to a christening or wedding or, or whatever. But because it was commitment, because once you volunteered at the beginning of the year, um, you've made a commitment. And unless it's a matter of life and death and you you can't go, you're going to, you know, if you don't go, you're working as a team. If you don't go, you're letting the team down or you're going to put pressure on other people because it's all volunteers that run motorsport. That's what people don't realise. Whether it's a, a, a F1 event or a, or a little club race meeting, behind the scenes, it's one of the only sports which relies upon 100% volunteers without marshals, without doctors, without recovery, well, a whole infrastructure, motorsport in this country would not go ahead. And then, uh, Carol, I wanted to ask a question just in regards to, I remember you were saying earlier about, um, in terms of attitudes to people of colour, it's only been like in recent years. So, for example, in Formula One, just like uh, after the situation with the, the Black Lives Matter movement, we had um, Lewis Hamilton, uh, he publicly uh, called out uh, racism, uh, particularly in the, the motorsport sector. And, and then as a result, Formula One, they set up the We Race As One initiative. And now they're promoting, like, say, more opportunities for people from diverse backgrounds to uh, pursue a career within Formula One. How influential would you say figures like Lewis Hamilton are in terms of, like, changing attitudes to uh, people across the country for people, well, for people of colour to get involved in uh, motorsports, and particularly with Formula One? <laughs> Well that, well, that was very important, and, I, and, and the fact I think that's when when he first started speaking, that's when I decided to um, put my head across the parapet because I wanted people to realise yes, there was Lewis at the top, but there yeah. was also other people at the bottom, um, and that's when I think I got the courage um, to to start speaking out and to tell people what I was doing because a lot of people didn't know what I've been doing, and then I realised when I started talking that how long I've been doing it for, yeah. and I've been doing motorsport longer than I've had most jobs in my life, and that's oh. what was, was quite sort of you know, um, heartening. I suppose, yeah, I've realised it's, I've now, I suppose I was suffering from imposter syndrome for a long time, but I'm now feeling more comfortable in the fact, yes, this is who I am. This is what I've done. You can't take it away from me. I have been involved in motorsport for 34 years and nobody can take, take that away from me, you know, and I have fought for my place to where I am now and I will keep on fighting, make sure that more people come up behind me so we're not having these sorts of conversations anymore. It's got to change. Absolutely. I mean, we was, we've been seeing ourselves with our um, electric go-kart challenge and just opening up the eyes to a lot of more young people from diverse backgrounds. And just, just changing the attitudes is all it, we find that sometimes all it takes is just someone believing in you or giving you that guidance and then essentially it just opens opens the doors of opportunities to these young people in terms of career paths that they can go into. So sometimes all it takes is just someone to believe in you. Absolutely, because I don't know why that we have to always prove ourselves um, more than anybody else. But you know, you'll have two people in a room, or two, and 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 you've both got and a panel of people can look at you without even looking at your CV, for example, yeah. to see what you have done. But they will judge you by your colour. That's all they're going to judge you by, not by your ability, not knowing by what by what you've done, you know. And I'm sure so sure, but most people also want to be given a job because of their abilities, not because of the colour of their skin. I don't want to be given a position, oh, because I want to tick somebody's box, to tick the diversity box. I do not want that role. I want the role because I am the best person at that time to go for that role, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And that's what everybody, and I just want to make sure any youngsters need to, 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 um, to know they've got to understand their own worth and your own worth is yourself and your own ability yeah, yeah. I think I read on I read, read on a report somewhere that you know sometimes when employers uh from Caucasian backgrounds are making hiring decisions you know sometimes the recruitment process is that they hire people who look and sound like them um because it's yeah they're seeing themselves reflected where sometimes, you know, a lot of these 
uh, employers who probably live in the countryside, it, they very, very rarely get the opportunity to mingle with other people of colour and, you know, may only see, you know, negative things about them through the media, uh, which label, you know, certain races and cultures, you know, the stereotypes that are, uh, are given with that. And so what it is about is, you know, being able to have courageous conversations with those employers and get them to feel comfortable with other people of colour uh, and making them recognise that not everybody is the same. And, you know, that's some of the work that was highlighted in, you know, uh, the Hamilton Commission report. And at the saying that there are young black people who do want to go into engineering uh, and that there are individuals who are trailblazing in, in the world of motorsport. And, you know, things as a result of Black Lives Matter and We Race as One and Lewis being vocal, you know, there's been initiatives set up as a, as a result of that. One of them being uh, Driven By Us, uh, which you are the club secretary for. So can you tell us a bit about Driven By Us and what's its aim, its mission and what's it, what it wants to achieve? Well, again, another first. So it's a Motorsport UK approved um, club. Um, slightly different than some of the other clubs where most of the other clubs that are on uh, the list are organising clubs of race meetings. We're um, a club organised for change in motorsport. Um, it's mainly people from uh, engineering background, but we are attracting our people from, you know, from all different backgrounds, from media, and from um, hopefully marshalling and competitors. Um, and it's mainly, our main aim is to, is to go out into schools and, and work with groups and communities to again, help change, make that change that, that face of motorsport. And because now suddenly you've got a collective of people who are under one umbrella, people are now seeing people that look like them and see, sound like them. And again, there's a, and what I love is the fact that there is a lot of youngsters. So it's like yourselves, there are, you know, what I always call them, though, the millennials, the, the, the much younger people. And they're the ones that need to be seen because they're the ones who are seen by these youngsters, other youngsters out there. So when they see, it's fine, they see people like me, but then they'll go, well, she's old, you know, she's older. She's been around a long time. But to see somebody that's in their 20s, 30s, that's yeah. gone through college, gone through university, and they can tell their stories and, and, and help and mentor mentor them and get them through you know some of the some of the hurdles that they will face that's I think a brilliant a brilliant thing so that's what I think that's why I mean I love about being part of driven by us um because um, we've all cut we've all got our own stories and our but our stories are now going to become collective and it's those stories now that we're, that, that are going to be told and we and, and we're all you know every day we're, we're finding somebody else that that's out there working in silo so we've got to stop working in silo now and working together, and that's what it, and that's what it's all about, you know. So that um, the face of motorsport, you know, is not. We're not talking about these only and 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 first time ever anymore. It's going to be just norm. So that hopefully companies will see that there are uh, a group of highly educated, um, motivated individuals who should be, you know, given some of the best jobs in motorsport, especially at top level motorsport now amen amen and uh, what would you like to see you know let's say in the next 20 years in motorsport what what change would you like to see i'd love to see that every single f1 group has got more than one black person working in it or person of color you know yeah. it's not just black it's of any of any hue i'd like to see more females visible and not just being you know Behind, but, but bring the data analysts and bring all the other systems people you know more to the forefront i'd like to see the first proper um black run team and i don't think that's that's too far off mm. you know to have a team that's got you know majority is more people of color than 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 the other way just on the just on the going back to your story uh carol um it just sounds like just from your beginnings, there's a lot of barriers you've had to overcome, a lot of um, perseverance in terms of going through the industry of um, in motorsport and uh, changing attitudes to uh, people of colour working in the industry. But what would you say are, let's say, three skills that you've picked up on your journey that's helped to make you as successful as you are today? Resilience. Resilience. Um, never take no for an answer. You know, if, they, if you get pushed back, then you just you just find another way around. You know, 
as they say, you, if you can't go over the mountain, you can go around it, under it, under it. There, there is always other paths. Resilience. I can't say enough about resilience. You've got to just sometimes grow thick shoulders. Yeah. Put your shoulders out, put your smile on your face and just carry on. No matter how many knockbacks you get. Because if you give up, they've won. Yeah, yeah. If you give up, they've done exactly what they want to do. They've pushed you away and made you turn you off. So no, don't go, no, this is what I want to do. And, and I'm, I'm now not talking just about motorsport, but whatever you want to do, yeah. whatever you want to be, if you want to be an astronaut, then that's what you want to be. You, you go out there and you find out all that you need to know about being an astronaut. You may have to do things that are slightly different, but you don't lose your goal. You know, just keep pushing through. And if the door gets closed, then you just go and find another door. And you keep pushing every door until one of them opens, because one of them will open. So just never give up. For me, that's the main, main thing. Just have your, have your dream, have your hope, and just keep on going. Don't accept one person's negativity by saying yeah. no. Let that be your, be your future. Because you could then sit there, and with, with the world now of mental health state, etc., they, they can spiral you out. Why are you going to let somebody else spiral you out into, into depression, yeah. into not feeling worth, worth, worthwhile, um, et cetera? But you have just got to find that resilience. And sometimes it means just literally pulling up your shoes and socks and, you know, and getting on, getting on with it. And then work away at something, keep chipping away and proving. Unfortunately, you have to prove who you are. And as you read a comment earlier, especially if you come from Middle England, where a lot of people may not see a lot of people of colour, yeah. They don't realise that actually, if you have a conversation with somebody, don't don't treat all young people as if they are, um, you know, they are in a gang, they are a drug dealer, they are this, they are that. That's what you see on television. That's what comes out in programmes. Real life is not that, that you've got children coming through from, you know, well-behaved family, families that want to push their children, but they're being taken or, you know, made out to be to be something that's different yes we know a few people fall off off off, off the rails but then doesn't everybody and even those that have fallen off the rails do not write them off because you can turn somebody around by a few kind words and a bit of encouragement you can turn somebody's life around whether it be within motorsport or anything so i think for me the, the, my main thing is resilience 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 hmm. Absolutely. I want to echo that, is that we, you know, we in the Black Country, we always say uh, resilience, perseverance and determination. As long as you've got those three, you, you can be successful. And especially in the world of motorsport, you've got to have thick skin. Like, yeah, you know, Absolutely. you will get knocked back a number of times. you just got to be able to yeah. take it in the chin and yeah. almost tell those people that, you know what, whatever you say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be here until... I'm still here. It's still here. What was that song? Elton John, I'm still standing. I'm still standing, absolutely. And look, and look at this, 34 years later. Uh, do you imagine finally giving up five or ten years ago or even before or within the first year of me starting motorsport? You know, but I've had to put with people talking about me in front of my face, behind my face, you know, people staring. Well, you just put on your invisible cloak mm. and just be mm. invisible. Not being invincible, but be invincible, be invincible, invincible, you know? invincible, yeah, invincible, and just go. No, I'm, I, I, I can be. I can do whatever I want to do. I can be whatever I want to be. And I remember my dad telling me that when we were younger, we were four girls growing up, and I remember him saying, "You girls can be whatever you want to be," you know. And I think we've proved proved him right because we just we just don't let anything get in our way because at the end of the day, we've got as much right as everybody else to be to be here. Yeah. Like going going off that, like it's going back to the original question of role models. How influential were your parents uh, in helping you to shape decisions that you made in your life in terms of going into motorsport? You just said that you know your dad was like, you can be anything you want to be. Uh, were they really instrumental in, in you becoming the person that you are? Absolutely, because I mean, my parents when they moved, we moved to Luton when I was a year old. We were the first black family in Luton. So I suppose all my life I've been the first or the only. When I went to my infant school, I was the first black child there. The second was my sister. The third was my third sister. So, you know, we, we got used to, to, to that sort of, um, without realising it, that, that's, that's, that was our life. And my dad was quite good in the fact that, you know, he mixed with 
everybody. So we got to know, uh, even back in those days, people from, you know, Indian, from, from Jewish people, because he used to work, he was a builder, he used to work for these people. Then we'd end up going and meeting them or having dinner or, or whatever with them. So we got to know other cultures, you know, through a quite young age. And when people got to know know you as well as you know, as, as a family, they realised that you know we were intelligent. We read books. We went to the library. We, you know, you'd, you'd you'd do things. You'd go and see plays. And again, sometimes you know you wouldn't. Maybe when we were young, we didn't know that there was nobody of colour. But yeah. we we just did things that we just, as far as we were concerned, was normal. What normal family thought a normal family did. Only mm. now we realise that maybe not. So. Yeah, my, my parents definitely were, and especially my dad was was that was that influencer. He was that trailblazer. Yeah, no, no, and and it's something I tell some of the young young diverse kids that we speak to is that make sure you mingle with people from different cultures and backgrounds because you pick up you you, you learn a lot from other people, but then you yeah. pick up things and then you you know you, you almost become like a a chameleon. Where yes. you can you can adapt to different changing environments, and you know, the big thing is your network is your net worth. So Absolutely. you know, the stat is that most jobs, most jobs and recruitment, it's it's people who they know. Yeah, you know, people employ people that they know Absolutely. rather than people they don't know. So if you can get in those environments and speak to people from different backgrounds, you can get different opportunities out there. And so, you know. A young, a young female or a young male listening to this episode right now, Carol, and thinking, oh, they would like a career in motorsport. And especially, you know, even just getting involved with marshalling, what tips would you give them or what resources do you think they should, they should be reading if they want to get involved in marshalling? You need to make sure you're on the socials. You need to be following either, um, you know, a club. There's various clubs. Again, if you go to Motorsport UK, we'll give you a list of clubs that are in your area. It's yeah. not just about F1. F1 is the pinnacle, but not everybody can get into F1. F1 is like going into top league football. There's only X amount of teams and X amount of players. Yeah. There's only X amount of people can get in. But do not let that stop you because going up the ladder, there's still a lot of other good, 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 good categories to get into. Um, do your research. Get, in, get involved. Whether whether being a volunteer as a marshal, because that's a good step up because it gives you an insight into, into the sport. Or um, getting on a bus, if it means getting on a bus, on a train, or however, or getting your parents to drop you. If you live near a race circuit, if you live near a karting circuit, you know, um, find out if your local club, your local club may have a, they may do trials, they may do little rallies, or you may do all sorts of things. They may do auto solos, they may do whatever. Whatever it is to do with four wheels or two wheels, go along, offer your services. Find out if there's any teams that live near you. There's a lot of people, a lot of racing teams that live all around the country. So again, you can sometimes just by, I don't know, maybe Googling or wandering around and seeing, you might see somebody's got a big lorry, got, you know, something, something motorsport. Go up up to them and say, I'm interested in becoming involved in motorsport. Can I come and help you? Can I come and wash the cars? Can I change the tyres? Can you just offer your services? Because that's what other people do. That's how other people get on, you know. Talk to your parents because you never know. A friend of a friend of a friend may have some subtle involvement in motorsport. We don't network enough within our within our own groups. Yeah. So most kids, you say to them, "What did your parents do?" They don't know what their parents do. So you know, get involved. Arts, what your parents do. Maybe arts, you can go. Sometimes some companies do um, bring your child to school day. Understand, you know, not just what you, your goal, but maybe get, get some experience in business management in you know office management event management all those things mm-hmm. can all lead you up to a road if you're involved if you're interested in becoming a commentator or a presenter do your reels do your little videos put things out there online so people can see you right now there's at least three or four girls that have got their presenting jobs now because of what they were doing on tiktok and and, and various platforms like that um you just have to put yourself out there and and then Again, this is all part of the door opening. If you keep banging on the doors, then you'll get somewhere. Personal question next there, Carol. Uh, what would you say is the proudest moment of your career so far? Wow. Um, I suppose meeting that young lady the other day, I suppose one of my proudest moments, I suppose, has got to be my recent one. 
um, at the uh, Silver Sun Grand Prix. I wasn't actually there for the Grand Prix, but the, on the week leading up to it, I was working with Mission 44. They had a day at the museum. And um, I was there early in the morning, the kids all came in and we were all met in the museum downstairs. And then they announced to the kids that they had a special guest coming and suddenly everybody realized who it's going to be. And uh, in came Lewis. Oh, of course, I felt very proud because it was all these kids just watching their faces and seeing them. That was that was amazing. And then Jason Arthur introduced him. And then after we they'd finished, I shot across to Jason. So I'd only met Jason online. So we met we met through the lockdown when he first started. Yeah. We'd had lots of conversations. So I quickly said, I said, Hi Jason, it's Carol. He went, Oh, we had a quick conversation. I said, Any chance of a photo with Lewis? And he looked at me and went, Have you not had it done yet? And I went, No, I've been waiting all this time. And he pulled me to, and when Lewis was leaving, I was the only one that walked out with Lewis, me, Lewis, and Jason Arthur to a corner, and I had my five minutes with Lewis. Wow. Well, what, what is Lewis Hamilton like, uh, meeting him in person? So much taller than I would have thought. <laughs> um, I was like, having to look up at him, and I was really, really surprised. The fact he was just smiling. And then I told him off, because... When he was leaving, somebody asked him what was his legacy to motorsport, and he sort of hesitated. He didn't. So I then, when when I got hold, you know, when we were chatting, I went to him. There's a picture that Jason took of me waggling my finger at Lewis, <laughs> and I said to him, "Never hesitate on that question ever again." So your your legacy is you're changing the lives of lots of you know people of color within motorsport. You're changing yeah. the landscape. You know, and he just he just did his Lewis smile and said, "Yeah, you're right." I said, "I said, I know you get caught out sometimes, but I said that's the one question that should always be there, ready for you to take." So that was my moment. Speaking of legacy, uh, Carol, I just wanted to um, just touch on, let's say, yours. Let's say ten years from now, how would you like to be remembered? She broke that glass ceiling. She made a difference. She inspired others to get involved in the, in the sport. She changed yeah. the conversations. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything like that, you know. We stopped having the only and the first. There should be many. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, Carol, I'm going to get last question before we go into the bonus bonus questions round. Uh, this is just three fun little questions that we've asked our guests. But I, I really want to know, you know, you've been in the been in this sport for 35 years. And, you know, even going into your, you know, your normal, normal job role, you know, there's going to be a lot of hard kickbacks and hard, hard times that will go out through any, anyone's career. Especially during those hard moments. What what keeps you motivated to keep going and keep persevering? Yeah, that's quite a good one because uh, yes, I have my down moments. We all have our down moments, and sometimes you want to just give up, totally give up. But then something little spark in me just goes, "I'm not ready to give up. I want to keep living. I want to keep giving, and that's what keeps me going." So no matter how you know, or you've had a bad season because our season starts from March to about October. Sometimes you can't wait for October to come. Then as soon as it comes, you're in November, December, you're going, oh, when's the season going to start again? Mm. You can't wait to go back and throw yourself back into that arena for some unknown strange reason. It's like a drug. It's an addiction, unfortunately. Motorsport is an addiction. People have different addictions, but I know mm. mine is motorsport. So it's all about, yeah, back to what I said before earlier, resilience. But you can have your down moments, but just that little spark. The fact that I'm making a difference that if it's not it's not for me, it's for people behind me. It's me pulling that yeah. elevator down, sending it down, and bringing people up because there's more people now. Before there wasn't, you know, back in my day, there wasn't so many people. Whereas now there's a lot more, lot more. So seeing you guys up there, you should all be coming, you know, um, you know, greats in your in 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 you know in your own right, and, and we'll be in history books. You know, so when people are reading up for references, they'll see my name, they'll see your name, they'll see all these different people that sowed the seed and, and, and um, started to make the path for them. 
Well, in, in our organization, we have, we have a saying, no one person can create success on their own. It takes a, a winning team. So it's that whole thing around collaboration. So we, we've started it now, organizations like ours, yourself, uh, Mission 44. We've started it. We planted the seed and we'll grow it, grow it for the next generation exactly. so that they can exactly. take the reins and exactly. flourish. Um, exactly. So now we're going to go into the bonus uh, bonus questions now. Uh, little free fun questions, and if you've seen it, you know that that one of the questions I do judge all my guests on, uh, and that one is Carol. The first one: Should pineapple belong on a pizza? No. Thank God. Thank God. No pineapple <laughs> on any pizza. <laughs> you could have pineapple off the pizza. I I say. You know, but uh, you know, to get rid of the full feelings, it helps with the yeah. digestion. But never Absolutely. on a pizza, no. in a cocktail, in a drink. Yes, yeah, not on a pizza. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Woo! The second one, Carol, and, and you know, I'm I'm relatively interested in this one because of your marshalling background. Where's been one of the coolest places that you've been you've been to that you've had to marshal at? <laughs> That's easy. More Sam Strait, Le Mans. Le Mans. Oh. Ooh. I, you know what? This isn't this isn't a part of the three questions, but why was it so interesting? What can I say? Forget the F1, forget the Grand Prix. You everybody sees experience Le Mans 24 hours. I can't even describe it. You have to be there. You have to be there right from Tuesday from scrutineering to watch the parades go through the town. Then on Sunday, that's actually afternoon, that race starts, but you get that sinking pretty in your stomach, all the cars start, and off they go. And you don't know who's going to finish until Sunday, not Sunday evening. It's just oh, lovely. Yes. You know, it's, it's on it's on the books, you know, I, uh, on the goals. Le Mans is somewhere that I do want to travel to and, and yeah. watch. Um, yeah, yeah, so ha- You have to do it. And unfortunately, I mean, even within F1, what I do feel sad about, and I'm glad I was in the era that I was in, to hearing what I call proper race cars, proper engines. I know yeah. we've got to go. I know we've got to go the the the, the you know, environmental route, but there's nothing about hearing the grunt of a you know Panos yeah. or a Porsche or yeah. a Jaguar or something going around, and then and even in the night you can tell which car is which just by the sound that they're making. They come round. That sends shivers down your spine. <laughs> I remember when we went to our first F1, uh, uh, our first Grand Prix back at Spa in Belgium, this is probably over 10 years ago, sat on top of the hill and you're just hearing the power of the engines from the cars. I think there were were V8s at the time. But, oh my God, you you almost had to put your fingers in your ears because it was just so loud. But it's almost so beautiful as well. It is, it is. I do miss those times. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one I'd like to ask Carol is, you know, if you could throw a dinner party tomorrow night and you could invite three guests, dead or alive, doesn't have to be in the world of motorsport, um, you know, three guests, who, who would you invite to that dinner party? Wow. I would have to have Lewis. Lewis. Michelle Obama. Okay, yeah. And Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. That's a very that's a very interesting tale. Yeah, I think very interesting. Some good, some good conversations would come out of that, I think. And I would have to cook for them. I'd have to do the cooking. Oh, what cooking? What would you cook? Oh, it'd be a fusion of Caribbean and English stroke French, maybe. Ooh. Oh, interesting. So curry um, goat. Oh, curry goat, most probably ackee and salt fish, but done slightly different, some fried plantain. Nice. Um, definitely some fish of some sort will be done. Um, yeah, it'd just be a nice fusion. Lots of nice food, sharing platters, so will help yourself and keep the conversation going. I think me with, and Blair would have to sneak with, into that dinner party. With a, with a, pineapple, with a pineapple cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with some rum. With some rum, obviously. With some rum. rum. 
Just, 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 just yeah. make sure it's not Ray and nephews because we don't want to. We don't want Nelson Mandela or uh, no, Lewis or no, Michelle no, popping no, off. That'd be no. two shots and a done. Yes, yeah, quick dinner party. Carol, uh, you know this has been a, a really great episode. Thank you for being on the CBBB podcast and for the audience listening. Before before we wrap up, where can they go to find out more information about you or follow you on your journey or even reach out? Okay, you can reach out on my Instas. I'm on the Instas. I think it's Carol Glenn One. Um, I'm on Facebook, good old fashioned Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can also at the moment I'm revamping my website, but it is down at the moment, which is um, nrgmotorsport.co.uk. Yeah. Or follow us on Driven by Us. Uh, what's our, oh, got my Google Driven by Us, which is the club. I think it's Driven Up by Us. Org. Um, and you'll find any information about us there. Fantastic, fantastic. So I hope you know, we wish you the best on the next part of your journey. And I'm sure in a year's time, there'll be more exciting developments and we'll have to get you back on the podcast. Thank you very much. As normal, it's been lovely working with you too. And I'm always following what you're doing and hopefully we'll get to meet up soon because we've done so many yeah. of these things online. We need, to, we need to meet up. You know, and also you should become members of the club as well, so that you've got a lot to contribute to the, to the club as well. So please, please join the club. Absolutely. If you can make an introduction, definitely. I will we'll do. Be there. I will do. I will do. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very Excellent. much. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Take care, Carol. Thank Take you. Bye bye. 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 Blair, Niall. So, what did you think of today's guest, Carol Glenn? I think Carol, the story is just an inspiration very inspirational because it mirrors our like struggle within the motorsport industry i just felt like when she was explaining about her experiences being the first like black um marshal in the uk and how there was always this like stigma on these stereotypes these negative stereotypes being that she's not only just like a female but also black as well and that it was almost a feeling within the industry like she didn't belong but it doesn't matter like how much she was there was pushback or how much adversity um, that she went through. It didn't stop her from like um, fulfilling her goals and ambitions. And one of the things that really inspired me when I asked about her um, uh, three strengths, she just said resilience, resilience, resilience. And that's just mirrors in her story how it doesn't matter what hardships you go through, you just got to keep on going and keep her, uh, keep striving towards your goal no matter what sort of adversity you go through. What about yourself? Yeah, I think that's one of the key things that we're starting to pick up from a lot of our guests on this podcast is that uh, resilience is, is key and not being afraid to, you know, when things get tough, don't give up, yeah. keep going, keep persevering, keep chasing uh, because you'll get there eventually. Uh, no, I really, really liked Carol, Carol's story and the journey that she's been on as a a woman of colour, trailblazer, being the first black marshal, uh, and especially female in, in most sport. And, you know, how she has literally still to this day is still involved in the sector over 30 years now. Yeah. And that there's young girls coming up to her wanting to be like her and get involved in the sport. And, yeah, she's, she's a leader. And, it's you know, it's interesting that, for her, it was only in the last three years she realised that, yeah, I'm a leader, I'm a trailblazer. And uh, that she is, what because of what she's doing, she's now opening the pathway and the gateway for many more people to come through. A bit similar to what we're doing, like providing young people with pathways into careers within STEM sort of through the medium of motorsport. Uh, and now she's doing some work with uh, Mission Waterfall, um, and uh, helping kids from deprived backgrounds have careers uh, within the world of motorsport. And so oh, and that organisation uh, driven by us as well. So it's great to see some of the work that they're doing. I can't wait to see what is in line in the future because um, they're doing a lot of work in schools. Um, but yeah, with Carol, and as well, we don't think we mentioned that she's a Proto EV ambassador as well. So yeah, we've known her for quite a, a number of years. Um, but yeah, I think you know what what they're doing now with next gen racing and creating that 
space that to allow young black people to connect and network with people that look like themselves is very, very important. And I think that's going to be the future of how we get more people from colour involved with the world of motorsport is if they feel comfortable in the safe spaces um, to discuss things and about think, ideas. I just think we, the, what she was saying about, it's not just, we want to get to a point in the future where it's not just the, the odd black person that you see here and there. And I really liked how she wants, like let's say for Formula One in the future, them to all have a let's say have like black people working in each of the, the major teams in Formula One. Well, all the teams in Formula One having a few like black members of staff. So it's not well, not even just black, but people from different like ethnic backgrounds having an opportunity to work at the highest echelon of motorsport. And uh, with the recent developments with Green Racers One Initiative, it is getting there slowly but surely. Mm. Um, as as mentioned by uh, Carol that much more can be done to uh, bring um, these people into the sport. Yeah. So you know what? I'm still envious that she got to go to Le Mans. That's <laughs> one, of, one of my dreams is to go to Le Mans uh, for the 24-hour race. So that would be uh, putting that on the bucket list. It's really great uh, to hear that. And uh, I'm sure definitely in the future we'll have uh, Carol back on the CBBME podcast to the next stage, next exciting developments of things that are going on with next-gen racing, driven by us, and some of the stuff that they're doing with FIA, Girls on Track. So if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on all major social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn at The Blair Project. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at get me motoring. So that's all we've got time for today, guys. Take care. Have an amazing day and see you on the next exciting episode. Take care, everyone. Laters. If you've liked today's episode, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. The Blair Project is all is on all major social media platforms, including Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube at the Blair Project. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and, and TikTok. Yes, we are on TikTok at Get Me Motoring. If you'd like to follow myself individually, I am on Instagram at Niall Henry and also LinkedIn uh, at Niall Henry as well. And if you want to follow myself, I'm on Instagram as Blair Henry underscore 97 and also on um, LinkedIn as just Blair Henry. So, we look forward to having you on the next episode. So stay tuned. Take care. Until next time.